Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on a Saturday afternoon in the great state of Texas with the sun shining in just about all parts of the state, it appears. And look, that is something to be happy about, to rejoice, and to not take lightly. There are still many members of our friends and families that are struggling across the state. There is a lot of work to do. That's one reason why today I'm going to be in Rockport, Texas, helping with the cleanup efforts and recovery efforts. And then on Monday, I'm going to be in the Houston area. Y'all know you've heard the show before. I grew up there, born and raised there, and you know could not get into the city earlier this week, as you can imagine, with a, and certainly not last weekend. And so I am anxious to get over to, to Houston on Monday and help my friends and family get back on their feet and get back to normal and, and just really pitch in to help things get back to where they were or at least start the efforts. Wow, what a weekend last weekend and, and events that happened. You know, if you listen to the show, you know, we work and focus on faith, family, and freedom. We talk about issues in the legal legislature and media. And so while our organization, by its nature and its usual work, is not about recovery from natural disasters and things of that nature, it's not uncommon to find us pitching in and these type of things. And particularly with something like Hurricane Harvey that so devastated parts of our state. Uh, That's one reason I'm going into Rockport. A friend of mine who's going to be on the show in a little bit was telling me um, that, uh, or I'm sorry, that I'm going to be traveling with today was there on Thursday and said there there were reports of 40 tornadoes that came down in that city as a result of the hurricane coming in as well. I'll talk a little bit more about that, uh, but we're going to focus uh, the first part of the segment. I'm going to talk about some updates on policy, but we're going to, the first segment is really going to be about the Houston area and what's going on there. We might mix a little bit of policy in there, but the reason for that is because my guest on the first segment of the show is State Representative Briscoe Kane, and he is from the greater Houston area and has been really involved this week in so many efforts as far as Recovery. Briscoe Kane is a state representative from Harris County in the greater Houston area. And if you watched the legislature, you saw him really make a name for himself during his first legislative session. But he hails from the area of Deer Park. He also has Baytown in his district and a lot of areas east of Houston, if you will, where I grew up and also um, related to what happened with Hurricane Harvey. A lot of the storm did impact the east areas and uh, of Harris County and, and some of the neighboring counties. But let's let Briscoe Kane talk a little bit about it. So let me welcome to the show State Representative Briscoe Kane. Representative Kane, thanks for coming on. Hey, Jonathan, and uh, hello, Texas. Well, it's good to have you on. You know, as a fellow lawyer, and, and I can talk a little bit more about your bio, obviously, you know, a, a graduate uh, of the South Texas College of Law, um, growing up in the University of Houston, you and I have a lot in common. We've been friends for a long time. Um, you know, as we like this, Houston Astros, <laughs> right? You know? As a uh, um, as a as a mild disclaimer, you know, I endorsed you for your election and personally got involved in helping you. But you and I had been friends for a long time, and something I certainly saw through that time that we were friends and getting to know each other over the years is a true commitment to public service. And so I think that when things like Hurricane Harvey come into our state and, and happen, 
that's when you really get to get a true appreciation of what people are about and you see public service yeah. on display. Tell us a little bit about some of the things you've been involved in and what you've been seeing in the parts yeah. of the Houston area that you represent. Yeah, you know, while, while the storm uh, you know, really began happening a week ago, the impact is going to be seen for, for much longer and, and many months. And so while we've been seeing, you know, a lot of this property damage, things, uh, you know, in my district, Baytown, is, a lot of it is gone. These houses are going to have to be mowed over and destroyed. There's still water that's chest high. Now, I'm a short guy, so it may not be chest high on everyone. You know, you and I, Jonathan, for other guys, it, you know, might be waist high water. Hey, but for me, it's I, chest high water. I think I'm taller than you, actually. Yeah, well, <laughs> maybe well, only by half an inch. Yes, no. Yeah, Look, yeah, I'm exactly. I'm trying to so, inch, tell us a little, but this you're you're right. I mean, that's a serious level of water. Yes. So with these are these homes are going to be destroyed, and a lot of people are displaced. And, and sadly, I don't know how much we didn't maybe learn from the hurricanes that came before us because these people it's yet to hit that they can't go home yet. And um, we've, we've got to remember the humanity of this, that uh, the, the emotional things. And that's why it's, it's so important to have that service aspect, that not only people have lost property, but they're, they've been displaced from their homes and their families, maybe their pets, or they've lost those photo albums. And, uh, and in some cases, they're far away from even maybe their church friends or their church and their daily routines that make us all feel so sane. And, uh, and, and that's why, you know, we're doing what we're doing and trying to help people and uh, bring back some normalcy to their lives and let them know that people care about them. Yeah, no, absolutely. And look, and, and it's not as if the rest of the world stops because this is happening, but to some extent it does. I mean, if you're in that area, what, what are you to do? I mean, my mother just went back to work on Thursday. My parents live in the Kingwood area. But they couldn't get out of their neighborhood. Now, thank goodness their house did not flood. They didn't have the damage that some people did. But, I mean, they did have to put things on hold. You know, and and it's interesting. I mean, I grew up – I went to Galena Park High School, which is on the east side of Houston. But I spent three years of my life – we lived in the LaPorte area, which I know is a part of your district. Portions of it are. And I know – that you know, I went to I went to church in Deer Park. Um, when I went to high school, I I went to to school in Channel View. Had lots of friends out in Sheldon in the Baytown area. I'm very familiar with that area in your district, and it's no stranger to floods and to hurricanes because it is close not only to the coast but that channel area where the water comes in to make the Houston Ship Channel is right there. I mean, it's it's called the North Channel area. The you know the portion of Baytown and in Sheldon and all those areas. And so um, sometimes they can be a little bit more vulnerable and, and there's waters right along there. So all that rises when there's a hurricane. And so just a lot of reasons to, you know, for that area to be a little bit more susceptible. But I mean, I think the level of damage and the level of water was certainly at a historic level and, you know, and really devastating. You're right. I mean, people, you know, that, I mean, I had a friend of mine, I went to high school who literally got plucked out of the top of her house by a helicopter, a chopper. I mean, I just, you just, you know, really are not familiar with hearing a whole lot of that. And so, um, but you're right, there's a lot to be done moving forward. And, you know, I was, while I mourned, like a lot of people, the people that passed away, particularly the the police officers that they found had drowned in his car trying to get to someplace to help people early on, 
um, it, you know, the loss of life seems to be at a, at a lower level than you might imagine. We can, I guess, maybe be grateful that it, it wasn't worse, but recognize that, you know, people's spirits have been damaged as well. And when they see people like you and others helping, it does lift them up. Yeah. Well, um, some of the other stuff, you know, we've mentioned kind of the Crosby where, where you're seeing people now having to go after animals, right? And, and it, it's so tragic that some people had to leave in such a rush. Um, you know, that chemical plant, uh, the ammonia plant, um, our chemo is there in Crosby uh, that burned up, uh, you know, yesterday. Uh, that began uh, Friday and uh, some fires Friday and some fires Thursday there is right in that area. And they had those emergency evacuations. Um, I enjoyed going in there and, and trying to help these horses that people would try to quickly leave. Um, really, really tragic, and, and we've lost a few. And so you, you don't even know if these people realize that when they come home that they've uh, maybe lost their livestock or their, or their favorite horse. So, well, and those we, need, are, uh, we certainly need prayers. Those are important things for Texans. There's no question. And, you know, I'm, my sister lives right on the other side of Lake Houston from where your uh, district starts in the Huffman area. She lives in Atascacita. My parents are just up that way in Kingwood. And so, you know, the lot of areas over there where people are like, oh, they're, you know, they never thought they would flood, you know, beautiful homes in West Houston. And just a lot of people that have really not been impacted by previous storms. And this time they were. And so tell us what you're seeing out there. I mean, I know you got out on one of the rescue boats last, uh, earlier this week and got to really pitch in and help with some of those efforts. Um, what were you seeing just, you know, at really kind of some of the first glance when the water was just starting, to, you know, just stopping a little bit and people were starting just just to react and to try to survive in some of those first days um, when the hurricane was hitting? You know, it, it, it's kind of about expectations. You still got people with this historical thought in their heads that this is as bad as it ever got. Alicia, the waters came to here, or... Hurricane Ike, this is where the waters came. So, and, and then remember, of course, you know, we had like, what was it, Rita or something where we were told to evacuate or one of those, and we there was no reason to actually evacuate. And so people were thinking that same thing again, right? They're staying in their homes. They realize they got a foot, but it can't get any higher. And then it gets higher. But, it, but it's not going to get any higher. And so I would be going through some of these areas on these boats, and we'd find people would see them up in the second story. Of course, it appears like it's the first story, right? Because that's how high the water is. And and say, come on, you need to get out. And they, they don't want to leave. They don't want to stay. And, they, you know, they just want to stay, and the water keeps getting higher. And you wonder if they ever got out, because there's only so many times you that you would go through an area that we'd, we'd check it off. Right? We'd record that we saw a person at home, but they didn't want to leave. And right now at the phase, that part that uh, Friday and, and today – uh, FEMA and other organizations are going to these neighborhoods that are still flooded, and they're no longer in the rescue phase. They're now in the recovery phase. There's an expectation that these people may not have likely survived, those that stayed. And uh, that's that's another reality that we're having to face. Well, Governor Abbott has called for a day of prayer on Sunday f- for the Hurricane Harvey issue. You know, you are no stranger to religious freedom. You have fought on religious freedom efforts. We've worked on cases together for religious freedom, more that you carry primarily that I 
helped in, in a small way. Uh, you know, you've helped with legislative efforts on religious liberty issues, the Merry Christmas bill, all kinds of different things before you were even a legislator. And so you understand as a state, a Texas House member, really how important it is and how much value it can have to have a governor like Greg Abbott, who is very engaged in this effort. I mean, I think, you know, people, some people want to get political about some of this stuff, whatever the case may be. I don't think there's any question that Greg Abbott and Cecilia Abbott truly and personally care about what's happening. I mean, he was out in Rockport this week clearing brush and being involved. I mean, he has been very active. And so he's calling for this day of prayer. And look, you know, the efforts are important. But, you know, as I get older, I, I truly become more appreciative of the value of prayer. So having a governor that says, all right. The storm is, is finished. We're in the recovery effort. We're in the, the relief effort. Let's all take a moment to pray. That, I think that's pretty valuable. Would you agree? It absolutely is, and it's very encouraging because it's the, uh, kind of that one thing that can bring you peace, right? Our, our, uh, the one that brings us peace is uh, through the Holy Spirit, and that's kind of where we're at. When, when the environment is all changed and, and nothing is there, you know, and so I'm so happy that we do have a state that accepts that, but that the people recognize it. Um, have you been seeing these videos? I'm sure some of the listeners or, or, or viewers have been seeing videos of uh, some of the shelters breaking out into spontaneous prayer and yeah. uh, worship singing and hymns. Yeah, it's been amazing. It, you know, it's really been encouraging because, you know, you certainly don't hope for these type of things to happen. They're devastating. These hurricanes, these storms that, that come up, even when we have notice. But I do think sometimes it allows people to focus on some very essential things and for them to recognize, to some extent, the value of our God, our Creator, and to reach out um, when they are struggling and and to come together. You know, like you said, and, and do it spontaneously. It's almost like it's it's in them. It's a part of who we are as Texans, and I think that's something incredible. Yes, it, it is encouraging. Sure. Well, look, I'm going to be there on Monday. I hope that I get to spend some time with you. You know, I, that area, like I said, is just very dear to my heart. Um, that I have a lot of history where I grew up, and, and it's so important to me. But it's also important to our organization. I mean, we've got over 10,000 supporters of Texas Values that are in the greater Houston area. And, you know, we we care about them, and we care about their safety, and, and we're hoping we can just be a small part of the recovery. But we are thankful for your service and leadership, and and I know that there's still – a lot of work to do. So, Representative Briscoe Kane, thank you for being our guest today um, on the Texas Values Report. Yeah, thank you, Jonathan, the, and the Texas Values family. I, I'd say one kind of request, maybe. While well, many of you have been watching things and, and thought, you know, with a, I don't have a boat or I don't have experience with that and I don't want to go get in rushing waters, we're soon going to be in the cleanup phase. And uh, if you've got time in your hands and are willing to put, you know, some leather gloves on, maybe a mask, that that is going to be some help that's going to be needed in the entire, you know, South Texas region, from, from Corpus Christi to, uh, to Orange. Uh, we're going to be needing help like that to clean up and continue to show the United States that Texans are a different kind of people, and we care about each other. So thanks well, for your time, and, and God bless. That's absolutely right. Thank you, Representative Kane. Well, that's good stuff. It's great to get a, 
really a fresh report from on the ground. I mean, he has been on the ground every day. I've been in touch with him during the week, uh, seeing how he's doing, how his family's doing, and seeing what kind of efforts he's been involved in. And I'm looking forward to getting into Houston on Monday and uh, and seeing the little bit that I can do. And, and my team also is going to be involved in some of the efforts. So we're going to talk with Brent Webster in just a minute. Actually, I think he's on the line. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the work that he's been doing. Speaking of being on the ground, so Brent Webster is a, f- a friend of mine and a friend of our organization. He is a lawyer from the Williamson County area, um, was a uh, assistant district attorney for Williamson County, and also a University of Houston law grad like myself. But, you know, he pulled the tie off in the sport coat of the, the suit, if you will, and dropped the bar card for a couple of days and got in the water and got in the boat. He put a team together to put together a truck and to get a flat bottom boat really out of nowhere and just, you know, kind of rolled up his sleeves and said, you know what, I'm going to get in there and try to help. I was uh, was one of the people that was supporting his efforts and really had hoped for an opportunity to join him in the Houston area. But um, but I had some some parental duties that kept me from getting out of the city. And, and, and I'm free to go on Monday. But long before that, Brent was on the ground like one of the first people to say, you know what, I'm going to get out there and, and get to work. So Brent Webster is going to be our guest on this second segment of the show. Brent, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for uh, inviting me on the show. You bet. Well, look, I have been following your your work. You and I have been in touch all this week, and I know you've been involved in really some heroic efforts of just putting yourself out there with a team of people. And tell us a little bit about that. I mean, you you got a boat in the water. You've been rescuing people. It's been quite incredible. So tell us what you've been yeah. seeing and, and some of just the encouraging stories that are happening on the ground in the Houston area. So pretty early on, I recognized the fact that the people that were making a difference were citizens that just showed up. Uh, you know, it takes a while for the National Guard, for the authorities to mobilize boats. They're not used to getting boats in the water to get people out. Uh, so I immediately looked to see if I could buy a truck, uh, like a five-ton military truck. Uh, I put some posts on Facebook and said, I'm ready to go. Let's get some boats. Let's get some teams together. And uh, I would say within hours, we raised. 10000 or more dollars, and we had people volunteering their boats. We sent out two teams of boats the very first day, almost immediately. Uh, we went out the second day with our team, and so uh, we hit West Houston right as the Attics and Barker Reservoirs were giving out. And so we were in the neighborhoods there around Cinco Ranch and Katy, and we pulled families out of their homes there. And then later on, we moved closer into the Buffalo Bayou because all that water was heading that direction. And along the Wilcrest, Briar Forest area, we needed to get people out of those homes. Um, so we pulled elderly couples out. Uh, we actually assisted the fire department. They were on their, on their feet. They didn't have boats, but they had to go in. And they were wading through the water trying to get into these homes. And when we showed up, they started dispatching us to homes they couldn't get to. Um, so it was key that we just showed up with our boat and were willing to just, uh, you know, respond to whatever was around us. Yeah, well, that's so important, too. I mean, you know, looking at a lot of the work that we do, public policy and, and so on, we talk a lot about just showing up. You know, sometimes people – and look, you, it, it's good to have a plan – and, and you got to, you know, look out for your safety and all that stuff. But a lot of times it's just a willingness to get involved, you know, just to show up. And so I was really encouraged and inspired by your efforts 
And look, they were needed. I mean, and sometimes that is, you know, when, when things strike, you got to just react. You got to do the best you can with what you have, put some resources to get out, you know, together and just get out there and try to help. And there's no question that people were needing that help. I mean, and I do think you're right. I mean, a lot of this is uncharted territory. I mean, you know, emergency re- responders and representatives may have not had the kind of experience to recognize what are we supposed to do, you know, putting, like you said, putting boats in the water is not something that they do a whole lot of on these rescue and recovery efforts. And so really key that they had people like you that were ready to get involved and, you know, get your hands dirty, whatever, and get right to where people needed help. That's exactly right. You know, and this isn't a knock against the authorities because the police are great and they were really wonderful. The problem is, though, they all drive Crown Vicks and, you know, Ford Explorers. And so those things don't swim. You know, they can't float in the water. So at the end of the day, they relied on volunteers themselves to get to places they needed to be. Well, it's great, too, because, you know, for and this isn't something you're going to be doing, you know, week in and week out for the rest of your life, dropping boats in the water in different parts of the country. It's you being a part of your community, being part of your state and just saying in the moment, hey, you know what? I've got some time and the ability. I can go help. And that's what I think makes, you know, a lot of these efforts great is that everybody tries to pitch in and find a way to make a difference in that short period of time when it's necessary. Tell us about some of the reactions that people had, you know, when when you came up on them and, you know, they were in harm's way or whatever situations they were in and really needing your immediate assistance. You know, that was both rewarding and frustrating. Some people, they understood how serious the situation was and they were ready to go and they understood that the water was rising. Um, there were some people that were actually angry that we were bothering them, and they, they were skeptical of whether the water was rising. And so uh, that, was, that second group of people was pretty frustrating because, you know, we're out there because we care about these people and we want to help them, and, you know, they, they're, they're just not accepting this information. Um, and this, here's a story I have for that. I was at Willcrest over outside of, of, of uh, sorry, outside of Beltway 8, and we were there on Tuesday. On Wednesday, I get a message, a frantic message from a buddy of mine who's a pastor in Houston saying, we have multiple families on this street, Brent, can you go to them? And it was the exact same street that I was on where these families rejected us, telling we were warning them the water is rising. So, you know, that, that was hard because we had been there, but, uh, you know, for the listeners out there, if this ever happens to you, if someone comes to your door and says the water's rising and they're, and they're a volunteer that, that's come out, I mean, please listen to them because they're not doing this for themselves. They, they're doing this because they, they want to help you, and, and they're not making this up. Um, you know, one more story. We were, we were taking a family to a hotel nearby that we had taken out of their house, and we, we decided to drive them to the hotel because it was close by. And we pulled into the hotel parking lot, and multiple people were thanking us, running up to our boat saying, you guys are our hero. Did you guys pull us out? We're so glad you're here. And that felt amazing in the sense that these people were on dry land, and their kids weren't floating in the water. And uh, it was because of people that had just gotten their boat out and put it in the water. Now, look, I mean, and not to diminish your efforts, not to suggest that it was simple or easy, but, you know, sometimes— being able to just get involved and help, um, you know, is is the key, right? You showing up, getting a boat, getting some people together, 
you know, because the, the need was there, you know, and, and it's not like, I mean, this isn't where your specialized training is, right? I mean, you and, no. our, you and our lawyers, right, we might we might have a, enough, you know, um, intelligence or drive or whatever to find out what we need to know. But oftentimes it doesn't take more than just a willingness to help. And and now we shift towards and I and I you know I, it saddens me that there are probably a lot of people that are still going to need to be pulled out or recovered and some of them you know may have may have lost their life but now we shift to you know having to clean up and having I mean who knows how long some of this is going to last and so if you're out there thinking man you know um, I haven't done anything yet or you know it looks like all the all the hard work is done and you know I wasn't able to get involved. Um, you know, and that includes me. I, I'm I'm going to Houston on Monday. You know, I have been itching to get over there and just could not get out of town. And I'm going to be in Rockport today, and then on Monday I'm going to be in Houston. Um, just let our listeners know if they want to get involved and help. There's still a lot of work to do. That's absolutely right. You know, there's so many homes and families that are going to need help cleaning out their home just to get to a point where they can move back into their home. These people are stranded right now. They have, they're have they living in a hotel. They're living in a shelter until their home's ready to move back into. You know, I, Jonathan, I grew up like you in Houston. And anytime there was a flood, when our friends' houses were flooded, we all would go to their house, at least I did, this, and, and, and help tear out the drywall, help tear out the carpeting, and just get to a point where they could move back in um, so they're not exposed to, to, to toxins or mold. Uh, but that's just one, one tip of the iceberg. I know for a fact in Beaumont right now, they're not going to have running water probably till Monday, maybe even later. And so they just need water. Um, so there's needs all over the place that can be met by people right now. You don't need a boat. In fact, the need for a boat, the time for that is past. Um, you know, right now we are in recovery and, and people need to step up. Absolutely. Well, and before we close out the show, we got a couple minutes left. Uh, I want you to share a little bit about your faith, you know, and, and look, I feel the need to serve, the drive to serve, the, you know, really just the calling, right? I mean, a, as fellow Christians, we want to serve and help our fellow man. Governor Abbott has called for a day of prayer on Sunday in relation to Hurricane Harvey. You know, I, I know your Christian faith means a lot to you. Just share a little bit about that with our listeners about why that means something to you and why that is part of what compels you to serve your fellow man. Sunday night during my Bible study, we're as part of a small group, we're studying James. We were reading in James 2 about how real faith is though, are those people who, who profess Christ, but then they go out and they serve the poor and, and serve the needy. And so in this situation, this is the symbolically, this is our poor and our needy. It's these people that have lost everything. Um, I mean, they have, may have money in their bank accounts, but, or they may not, you know, who knows? But they don't have a home right now, and if you don't have a home, that's like one of your core necessities. Um, so we are called as Christians to serve them, and there is a, a strong weight behind that. Because James is clear, you know, are you really a Christian if you don't serve the poor and the needy? And so uh, I encourage you guys to read, you know, James 2. Check that out for yourself. There's other parts of the Bible that talk about serving the poor and the needy. But we are called, and we should answer that call. Well, that's a good way to, to sum all that up in great detail, great great Bible verse reference to look into. Brent, I just want to tell you how thankful I am for the work that you've been doing, how it also inspired me. How And look, you mentioned it too, as someone who's from Houston, 
you know, we're used, well, I won't say we're used to, but we're, we're accustomed to these type of storms and floods coming, but not at this level, right? And, and also it's something too that we, we feel a personal connection to people from that area, some that we know that still live there and we understand what it can be like. And so you were on dry land and you realized, Hey, I'm safe and I'm going to go out there and help people. So I'm just encouraged by that. It's certainly been an inspiration to me. And it also as a fellow lawyer is something I think was, it was exciting to see that we don't always have to think that we just exist in one kind of role. At the heart of it, we are a, you know, we're Texans, you know, we're fellow Christians and we care about other people. And so thank you for the great work that you're doing. And I look forward to getting updates from you on some of your continued efforts and the impact you're having with people in your community and across the state. God bless you, brother. Thanks, sir. All right. That was Brent Webster. He's a lawyer in Williamson County, but he wasn't wearing the the uh, the, the the regular suit, <laughs> the, you know, the coat and tie and the jacket when he was out there on the boat recovering people and, I mean, saving lives. You know, it's not an exaggeration. That's exactly what he was doing. And so, and look, I mean, not to get political or anything, but I mean, you know, Brent's a pro-life guy. I'm pro-life. It's not just about, you know, the beginning of life. We care about preserving life in any way that we can, and we understand how much the need was there. Hey, look, I'm going to have some great stuff to tell you next week when I come back from Rockport and Houston and let you know what I see in the efforts of myself and, and friends. But that's what it's about, faith, family, and freedom. And I tell you what, helping people recover and survive and endure is all about what it means to be for family in the state of Texas. So we'll see you next week on the Texas Values Report. <laughs>